Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Meiske. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 103 of the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Hey, this week we are having a sit down with young adult Christian romance author Maria T. Hendrickson. And it's a it's a lovely story. It's a great interview, and uh, she is just full of lots and lots of information and stories to tell. So you don't want to miss that coming up here in just a moment. I'm not going to spend a lot of time again this week because it is a, a longer episode. I'm going to try and keep it under an hour. So make sure that you are following us on all our social media platforms, Facebook and Twitter. Just look for us as the Sample Chapter Podcast. We also have every episode up on YouTube. So you can follow our channel there as well. Uh, that features the cover of the book. So every week when you are listening to that author read from the book, you can see what the cover looks like as they're reading it. Of course, if you ever want to reach out to us, you can use any of those methods, the uh, the social medias, to reach out to me. Uh, but the best way to contact me would be email. And that is samplechapterpodcast at gmail.com. Drop me a line. Let me know what you think of the show, what you think of the authors. If you are an author and you're interested in coming on, reach out to me. I have a lot of authors I'm talking to right now. Oh my gosh, people all over the world are reaching out to come on this show, and I'm just really, really grateful. I, I don't know what I've done different, but uh, I've definitely been blessed with the what's going on with the show recently. So thank you for everybody listening and uh, for everybody that's been reaching out. I do want to remind you of our sponsors, U-Store-All out of Warrensburg, Missouri. They are the premium location for self-storage with both climate control and non-climate control in two facilities in the Warrensburg area. You can't find a safer, more secure, and a cleaner place to store than at U-Store-All. Make sure to check them out online at ustoreall.net. That is the letter U-S-T-O-R-A-L-L. .net. And of course, our other sponsor, Scribner, the writing software made for writers by writers. I use their product every day. You're going to hear a little bit about them here in just a moment in our ad. And uh, I do want to make sure and point out that we are still without a winner for, <laughs> for a free copy of the Scribner software for Mac. So I, I don't know. Maybe nobody's using Mac anymore. I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> we had a we had a, somebody who won, uh, but they weren't using Mac, so they donated it back. And uh, I've been trying to give this away since then, and uh, so far no takers. So, you know, if you're listening and uh, you use a Mac and you're writing and you've been interested in trying out Scrivener, email me. Let me know that you heard this and you want you want to win that free download of Scrivener. So reach out to me, and you could be the winner. I also want to point you over to my friends at popgoestheculture.com. Uh, they are a, that is a pop culture website full of podcasts, blogs, all kinds of stuff. You name it, all pop culture related. Along with a weekly show, Pop Goes the Culture Podcast. It is a lot of fun and you definitely need to check it out. There are so many shows over there and a lot of those that I listen to every week. So, for all of these sponsors and our friends, Pop Goes Culture, make sure you click the link in the show notes to find out more. I'm going to get right into it. This week, our guest is Maria T. Hendrickson. 
Like I said, she is a young adult Christian romance author. Uh, her debut book, Not Again, just came out a few months ago as of this recording. And we had a great, really great chat uh, talking about what she's learned in the process. Uh, the book it takes place in the 80s. Uh, the early 80s, by uh, judging by the music, the soundtrack that she talks about in the uh, in the scene that she reads from today. So that was really interesting. But uh, you know what was I found really interesting was that you know it's it's not your typical sweet and clean Christian young adult. This is it's edgy. It's got some grittiness to it, and it's realistic, but with a very positive message. And uh, it, it's really cool. I, th I think you're going to really enjoy it. It's an adorable story. And, uh, you know, among the other things that we talked about with the story, but we also talk about how uh, Maria was, how much she felt that God was really taking her by the hand through the process and uh, making uh, lots of things happen uh, to get this book done, including she was led to write a song of her own. She then uh, met a young lady at church who knew how to make music for that and even sung the song. So and you're going to hear a sample of that today as well. So just lots and lots of great stuff. So make sure that you stay tuned here after a word from our sponsor. And we're going to get over to our interview with Maria T. Hendrickson. Jason here. Hey, I wanted to take a moment and tell you about my favorite writing tool, Scrivener. Now, I know you've heard about Scrivener because their writing software has been embraced by hundreds of thousands of other writers like you and I, from the novice to best-selling novelists. The reason we all use it is because of Scrivener's core concept to bring all the writing tools you use together in a single application. And with tools like automatic backup, character maps, project goals, and let's not forget that amazing corkboard, you can see why I use Scrivener every day. As a bonus for Sample Chapter Podcast listeners, use code CHAPTER for 20% off your desktop version. Scrivener writing software, built by writers for writers. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another great episode of the Sample Chapter Podcast. This week, we are having a sit-down with debut Christian romance author Maria T. Henriksen. She has a passion for health and fitness, can be seen running on the track or trails in all types of weather conditions. She keeps very busy helping others in any capacity. Please help me, everybody. Give her a great big hello. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a wife uh, to a missionary kid, and I am a mother to boy-girl teenage twins who are seniors in high school. They're actually graduating this year, 2020. My wife had twins run in the family, so we always thought we would be the ones, but we never had twins. We have daughters that are Irish twins. Actually a blessing. I really enjoy having twins. And to have one of each is like winning the gold. <laughs> and you are quite the runner, it seems like. Where does that come from? <laughs> well, actually, I was inspired by my son, who started running a few years ago. We didn't realize that he was a fast runner until he ran a 5K effortlessly amongst the top runners. And he was uh, promoting an athletic apparel company. 
And then I was asked to join to promote this same company, which was an honor because they were very selective. And I was overweight and I wasn't running at the time. And I, okay, well, I'll, I'll do it. It sounds interesting. And I decided that it was out of integrity for me to promote it while being 50 pounds overweight. So I started a weight loss program for myself. And then I said that I wanted to run, but I was afraid to because I have shoes. So one day when a fellow athlete's I told him that oh, I was so envious how he ran. And he says, just do it because he had been told that he would never walk again because of a horrible accident. And he was actually able to prove them wrong and was running and so forth. And then I thought, OK, I'll do it. And it looked so much fun from my son's vantage, watching him run and I just thought, wow, you know, I could see me doing that. My son and I are a lot alike in some ways, and I pretty much haven't looked back, but a lot of injuries that have prevented me from continuing that path of uh, running a marathon that I've always wanted to do. But I'm hoping that by the grace of God, that someday I will be able to run that marathon. Oh, believe me, they'll hear me in China if I run that race. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's wonderful. Yeah, I, I just love that. I, so, I, I was going to say, I miss running. I used to run a lot uh, about 10 years ago, and then uh, my knees just kind of gave out. Right. Well, my whole body is giving out. I had neck surgery. I had frozen shoulder. I have a bad knee. My feet hurt. I'm like, ah. Oh. But once in a while, I'll get up and I'll start running. And my friends know that they love it so much. And it actually gives me, it clears my head and it gets the creative juices flowing. And it really is a big inspiration for me so much so that I actually incorporated it into my novel because I found it to be so therapeutic. Oh yeah. Your first book, not again, just came out a few months ago, I believe. Is that correct? Yes. It came out in August of 2019. Well, that's fantastic. Now where did this, I know it's a, it's a very unique idea, a Christian romance, but it takes place in the eighties. So tell, yes. <laughs> tell us about it. why the 80s. <laughs> well, I thought about writing something that was more contemporary, but I didn't want to get bogged down with the technology because today I feel like texting is such a big part of people's lives and the Internet and so forth. Just felt like it would be remiss not to incorporate that in a novel just to make it realistic. But it's not really a big part of my life. And I like how growing up, things were so much more simple. And I figured the 80s were such a great time that it would be fun to be nostalgic and go back with the movies and the TV actors and <laughs> singers and all the different bands and so forth. and. You know, it's the time when I grew up and I had such fond memories during that time frame. And kids today are actually quite fond of the 80s as well. In fact, my daughter listens to 80s music, which are considered oldies of all things. <laughs> yeah. And when 
Yeah. And when I was a teenager, I listened to the same radio station, which when it was 50s and 60s music that my dad liked to listen to. So it's kind of come full circle. <laughs> yeah, I I understand that. I'm the same way. I love my 70s music. I love my 80s music. And I, I start fading out into the 90s. I'm like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> I like the contemporary music as well. But I I do have an affinity to 80s music. I mean, definitely. I really like that music. I think it's got a great tempo and, and good dance music. And I love dancing growing up. So it just puts a smile on my face. And that's what I want to do for others when they read my book. And it's gotten great response. And I have definitely evoke the type of emotions and reactions that I wanted to get out of it. And it's in that case has, you know, it was intentional Mm -hmm. uh, so that people Mm -hmm. would be able to like relive those memories. And, you know, because when you listen to a song, you think back to that time frame and it just, it takes you back and it was such a good time to live. And, you know, people were more prosperous during that time. And it, it was just a, a better, I, I don't know. I just have very fond memories of, of growing up. And, you know, and I, and I know that it, even though it is a young adult novel, half of young adult readers are adults. And I enjoyed reading young adults, but it was an accident um, or actually not necessarily by accident, but by accessibility. I had access to young adult novels as a substitute teacher in the high school. And so I just read whatever I could get my hands on. And, you know, I ended up realizing I do like this genre, but there were things about it that. I wanted to create to make it a novel that I enjoyed. And I figured if I enjoyed it, maybe somebody else would enjoy it. And I thought that maybe that would be something that would attract people because it is so unique as well. And I'm definitely getting a good response to that. So it is, it was a lot of fun to write. I have to say and I didn't have to worry about, well, she texted me. and Because that is just such a big teen's lives today. Like, they are constantly on the phone. Yeah. And I, if you didn't yeah. do that, then it wouldn't be realistic. And I didn't want to have to do that because I'm not part of that world with all the texting. I mean, I know people that are my age that are big into texting and so forth. But I'm not. And I, I just didn't want to have that be a part of it and just have it to be a more simple time, you know, just kind of move from there. So that's yeah. how the time frame of yeah. the eighties came about. And, you know, and then it's also a Christian novel um, because when I was reading the books that were young adult, none of them were Christian based. In fact, there were some that I went to the librarian and said, I wouldn't recommend displaying this particular book, the ending. And I thought if somebody who was not stable could actually have 
quite a violent reaction to reading that particular novel. And it, even though it was actually beautifully written and creatively done, because uh, it was in prose and in like poetry format, it was it was unbelievable. But I I just thought it, people need to hear a more positive message. And that's why I decided to write about a, a novel that had, was faith based. And I set out to do that. But at the same time, I like things that are realistic. So I ended up making it, it's edgy. And I describe it as it's not super clean, peachy keen, but that's also been received very well for the most part with it being so realistic. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. and that's me. Like I say it like it is and I don't sugarcoat things and I don't feel like people should lie about things or, um, you know, sweep it under the table or sweep it under the rug, that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, me being pretty straightforward about stuff. And I think that lessons can be learned, you know, from the realism of it. And that's why I decided to make it being gritty rather than like a sweet, clean type of Christian book. And I think that it might appeal more to the teenagers today who have such exposure to anything at their fingertips. And they, they have so much that are, that they're exposed to and have experience that if everything is so nice and bright and shiny and butterflies and unicorns that I don't feel like they could be able to relate to it and have that impact that I'm trying to get Mm. because teens today, they're going through a lot of stuff as teens and past generations have, but I think they're also a little bit desensitized to things because they have such great exposure to so much violence and and sex and so forth, just watching it on screen um, through the internet or TV, movies, that kind of a thing. Because growing up, I mean, we had, you know, HBO or Cinemax or, you know, things, things were, you didn't have all of that easily accessible to you. And, you know, 24 seven, even. Right. right, Um, right. Yeah. So it's it's a completely different time. And yet they still have to deal with all those type of teenage things that I had to go through. People in previous generations had to go through on top of being inundated with all of this, these other things that are going on in the world and trying to sort through all of that. So I just felt like they needed to have that, that grittiness or they wouldn't be able to relate to it. And also to have it so that it's, it is a quick paced book because they, 
can easily just flip through things and their attention spans are not as long and so forth that it has to be something that's going to be entertaining and keep their attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see that. Well, and, and that's, I think that's what's necessary having, like you said, getting the realism, the grittiness of, of, um, the 1980s, because it really was. I mean, it's not something I think we were fully aware of growing up in that time, because that was my time of growing up as well. Oh, okay. Um, and and I don't know that that maybe re- growing up I realized how different it was, you know, compared to today. Now I look at my kids, I'm like, oh, you guys have no idea, <laughs> uh, you know, how you have it. So I think that's a good idea to that that was very smart to put it in that time frame. And to write something that you can relate to and introduce it to uh, youth today in a in a way that's different for them um, and learn something more from it. Right, right. And I understand it's quite the the gender bender kind of a book as well. <laughs> yes, my the, well, not gender bender, genre bender. Oh it's my gosh! Yeah, genre bender. <laughs> yeah, it's a genre bender, um, which. It is because it has that unique blend of the different genres because not only am I did I write about a, a book that is about a teenager coming of age and it being gritty and Christian, but it's also got romance involved. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's got a little bit of everything and it's. I, like I said, it's like a kind of book that I would have wanted to read when I was a teenager, which says a lot because I, well, I did not like to read at all. And if I had something like this, I think it could have changed my life, actually. Oh, very nice. One of the things I have come to really admire about a lot of the authors I talk to is how extensive their skills are. Um, not just in writing a novel or running in this case, but also in writing music and how musically inclined a lot of my authors are. And I've had some poets who've sung for me or done different music. And you are just like that as well. You have a song that you did for your book that was then put on your website for, for your book as well. Now, how did, how did you come up with the song? Well, one night I was laying in bed and I was worried that I couldn't come up with any music for my book trailer because of the copyrights. And initially I had planned on using 80s music Mm. and I figured I could put in, you know, the Madonna and the Michael Jackson and Prince and so forth, which were my faves. (laughs) But I couldn't do that. So I lay awake at night and then all of a sudden this song came to me out of nowhere. I wasn't even trying to come up with a song. It was the strangest thing because I didn't even think I had a musical muscle in my entire body. And then it persisted. So I got up and I went downstairs and in the, the basement and I jotted down the song, uh, the lyrics of it, and then I sang it to myself, which I will not do for you guys because (laughs) I will spare you of my singing. And 
then I thought, okay, now I have this song. Now what am I going to do with it? If I could sing, believe me, I would have just done it myself. But again, uh, that's definitely not something anybody wants to hear. So my daughter recommended that a girl who goes to our church as well as our public school uh, in this district um, is, has a very good voice. And so I asked her mother and her if she would be interested in singing and putting it to music. And she said she would be able to do that. And she has experience doing that, which I had no idea. And I just felt like it was totally God-led. And she did it with, it seemed to be effortless for her. And she created a bridge for it. And she has a remarkable voice, very, very talented. Her name's Sandy Jordanson. So basically, we co-wrote a song together. And I wish that, you know, people could hear it you know, um, outside of my book trailer. And I, I was kind of hoping that that could happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're actually going to listen to a sample of it right now. In fact, so ladies and gentlemen, here is Sandy Jorgensen singing. You're the one I love. wonderful maria such a beautiful oh, song well thank you so much <laughs> oh wow i i i think everybody's gonna love that and is there a way people can find her or does she have more music i actually don't even know um i know that um she is on the worship team at church and i do know that she just messes around a lot and creates just spontaneous music but beyond that i have an inclination that she does do recordings uh, but i don't know anything specific as to what that entails yeah okay well we'll make sure to uh if if we find something between now and when this episode comes out we'll make i'll make sure to put a link in the show notes for that but in the meanwhile everybody you can also go to go to maria's website and check out the book trailer with the uh, song playing there as well 
Yes. Yeah. So in this process of writing your first book, have you learned anything about yourself? <laughs> um, yes, I have. <laughs> and it was a very painful process. Um, I actually had a breakthrough in a friendship as a result of writing my novel. Mm. Yeah, it came about and it shouldn't have been too unexpected because I have a portion in the novel about forgiveness and a friend of mine said that I should reach out to our mutual friend because it was her birthday and it was a big birthday. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to reveal how old we are. <laughs> and so I thought about it and I didn't really say anything to my friend, but I remember the nudging and I was actually going through some editing and revisions at the time and what kept coming up over and over was this forgiveness scene and I thought okay I get it all right Lord now I know what I'm supposed to do so and I did it and I reached out and she was very gracious in responding and so it was the start of rebuilding that friendship Oh, very nice. Yeah. So it was a uh, writing the book was not just something for you to do um, financially, you know, and to have say like, yes, I wrote a book, but it also became something spiritual and uh, uh, healing a friendship along the way. That's awesome. Yes, yes, it definitely um, was a healing process, and also. When I was recovering from neck surgery, uh, there were certain things that I went through during that process, during that time frame. And I decided to also incorporate that in those type of things in my novel because I felt that they were very good coping mechanisms for the pain that I was experiencing, the frustration of not being able to be as active as I was because prior to that I was on schedule for running you know a 10k and I had it all planned out and by having the surgery uh, everything kind of got all out of whack and even though it was not quite a couple years ago that it happened, I still haven't really got back on track. And uh, I still use those techniques to help me cope with things. And felt that if it, since it helped me so much that it might be able to help someone else. So I decided to pass that along. That's wonderful, wonderful advice. And I think that anytime authors write from something real life and just let it come out naturally, I think it comes across to the reader and they experience that with us just like we did. And, and it has that realism and, and it's that little bit of extra that 
people can learn from this and, and uh, feel what you felt. And uh, that's that's wonderful. Thank you. So, all right, so this is your debut novel. So mm-hmm. what what are you working on now? Well, I promised myself that I would devote time to my twins, uh, my son and daughter, since it's their senior year. And I was going to hold off finishing my sequel until after they graduated. So in the meantime, I am pretty much doing different things to promote my book and you know learning more about the industry and so forth and that's been keeping me really busy <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah and i also work every day that school is in session as a substitute teacher so i still have a regular day job that i go to um and you know, with the duties of being a mom and a wife and college hunting and all of that, the fun stuff that goes with having great and athletic children, I am kept very busy. <laughs> <laughs> but you you do some more writing. I saw that you did have a uh, you do have a blog on your website too. Yes, I do have a blog. Uh, at the most, I send it out once a month or so. I know that my next blog post is going to be featuring a couple different authors, and they both live in Africa, and um, we became friends on Facebook, and they're separate. Uh, They just both happen to be in Africa. And uh, their work and had struck me um, when I read pieces and saw what they are trying to do in their communities and so forth. So uh, it it pulled on my heartstrings to um, help them out and and promote them as well. Uh, so that's my intent for my next post. When I send out my blog, will feature both of those authors. That's wonderful. And where? What is your website? Where can people find and follow you? Uh, it's my name, so it's pretty simple. If you just type in Maria T. Henriksen, and I will spell it for you, it will come up. So it's Maria M A R I A T as in Teresa, which is not my middle name, but <laughs> um, but it's Henriksen, H-E-N-R-I-K-S-E-N.com. It's very simple, um, straightforward website address. Yeah. And it will pop up. It, it'll, it'll definitely just pop right up so that you can click on it and then at the bottom of the screen, you will be able to sign up for my website to receive the free subscription of the blogs. But the great part about it is that as a new subscriber, you actually get a free relaxation audio download. And people have given me great feedback about that. And they say they use it all the time. 
All right. I might have to check that out myself. <laughs> well, and everybody listening, I'm going to have a link for her website in the show notes so that whenever you're done listening or if you're on YouTube, you can just look down below and click that button to follow her. Her social media links are at the bottom as well. So you got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course the link for Amazon. So you can go pick up her books. Maria, thank you so much for joining me. I know we've had a lot of technical difficulties tonight, but this has been a real joy talking to you. Well, thank you. It's been my pleasure as well. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to step aside. And like you, I'm going to enjoy this incredible sample chapter from Maria T. Henriksen and her debut book, Not Again. Okay, so this is chapter 18. And it's not at the beginning of the chapter, but it is going to lead into the protagonist named Christina, who is going out with her friends roller skating. Whippet piped through the sound speakers as we rolled around the rink and Katie and Amy checked out the guys. Morgan didn't seem particularly interested in meeting guys, but she played along with Amy and Katie. I assumed they all knew that I couldn't date because not one of them encouraged me to window shop. They, however, had a great time laughing and getting the attention of a few guys there who attended a different school. I watched the guys fly by my friends who seemed to be enjoying the excitement and conversation. They were all having fun, including Morgan, who swung around my way to chat. Morgan was always one to make sure nobody fell left out. I was enjoying the music when she rolled up to me. Hey, why don't you join us? Devo's new song, Whip It, continued to play in the background. I loved the unique tempo created by the synthesizer, electric guitar, bass guitar, and drums. The song was fun to sing, although I had no idea what the lyrics meant. I'm having fun skating solo. I need the exercise anyway, I answered figuring she might find that answer acceptable because she and her entire family exercise constantly by participating in one sport or another. Okay, suit yourself, she said as she skated away. Katie and Amy were laughing with their new friends when one of them waved me over. I ignored the signal, certain the girls would create some story about my aloofness. The situation made me uncomfortable. Katie skated towards me. Hey, I know you're not supposed to date and all, but one of those guys is interested in you. That's nice, I stated, tonelessly avoiding her eyes. She persisted. He's actually kind of cute. I think he might be your type, too. Indignant, I replied, not interested, nothing personal. It did not feel right at all telling Avery that I couldn't date, then coming here to flirt. Not to mention, inside, I was cringing with fright and discomfort at the thought of you-know-who finding out. I just want you to have fun, she added sweetly. She's really trying. I feel awful now in more ways than one. I am having fun, I insisted. Don't worry. I am doing exactly what I want to do. Thanks, Katie, for checking in. I did my best to remain composed, hoping my performance was convincing. Okay, then, Katie skated away, apparently satisfied with my answer, while Morgan skated toward me. Rick Springfield's Jesse's girl blared on the sound system. Rick Springfield, I think he's a better singer than actor. Morgan looks super happy for some reason, and she's about to tell me why. 
wow, that guy is really interested in you. He thinks you're really pretty. He won't stop talking about you. He might think I'm pretty, but I feel ugly. Well, he's barking up the wrong tree. Haven't you heard? I asked curiously and awaited a response. Heard what? Morgan questioned curiously. That I can't date. That should do it. Then maybe they will leave me alone. Morgan raised her chin up. So it's true then? My mind returned to the singer wanting Jesse's girl. Yup, I replied, hearing my emotional disconnection. Morgan squinted. Bummer, what happened? Nothing really, I stated flatly. With tenderness in her eyes and a sweetness in her voice, Morgan persisted. Christina, it's me, Morgan. You can tell me. You know I don't gossip. I choked up. Just hard for me to talk about. Don't spill. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to pry or push you too hard, Morgan stated soothingly. It's okay, I assured her. Look, I'm not interested in those guys, she assured me. We can hang out. I think Amy likes that guy that likes you anyway, she stated with a charming grin. Taken aback, I blurted, what is it with her? Amy and I apparently share the same taste in boys. What do you mean? Asked Morgan, puzzled. Oh, never mind. I off while also keeping myself from hurting Amy with my words. Thankfully, Morgan blew my comment off. She was always understanding that way. I could be myself around her, terse or soft. She could handle it. We skated around the rink while listening to Hit Me With Your Best Shot, and the guy she mentioned kept his eye on me. Meanwhile, some younger boys were acting silly in the middle of the rink. They were amusing. I chortled, so they hammed it up. They were pretending to hit each other, as stated in the song overhead. Perfect timing for some comic relief. Morgan couldn't resist laughing with me while watching them. Oh, my gosh. Now they're flirting with you, too? She said humor. Yeah, they should realize that they don't even have a chance in heaven. I asserted. She laughed more, understanding my humor. You're too much. Since when do you lead little kids on? She inquired. I'm not. I genuinely thought they were funny. That's all. She smiled a snarky grin, which made me titter. My bleak giggling made her laugh. So for the next two minutes, we were in stitches and chortled at how silly we looked, trying not to fall while howling with laughter. It was a much-needed silly cycle and what nights out with friends were for. The cute boy that Amy liked skated slowly past me. It seemed like he wanted to talk. His friends hung back and... With Amy and Katie, my heart pounded, not a confrontation. For several years, I had experienced turning boys down, but I hated doing it. Hey, Christina, you want to skate with me? He asked quite smoothly. Great. Katie and Amy told new cute guy my name, and he's apparently not shy. Now what? Uh, she's got to come with me, Morgan said, her eyes bulging, sending the clear message. Follow my lead. Rescued. Man, she's quick on her feet. She headed toward the bathroom. Morgan wasn't the type who needed an escort to the bathroom, unlike Amy. Fortunately, the music followed us, and the song, I Can't Go For That by Hall & Oates, helped soothe my nerves. Thanks, I said graciously, once we were safe and sound in the bathroom. No problem. I really have to go anyway, she confessed with a giggle and another snarky grin. Me too. Good timing. You saved my butt. What a relief in more ways than one. 
after getting out of the stall, she approached me. Look, Christina, I know it's none of my business, but you haven't been acting like yourself all night. I heard about you and Avery. Is there anything you want to talk about? She's always so genuine. No, I'm good. I said, aiming to appear relaxed and at peace. Morgan wasn't buying it. No, you're not. Christina, you know I go to Penn Sports Swim Club, the same pool that Avery goes to. He's moping around like a lost puppy dog. What happened between you two? I can't talk about it. I really can't talk about it. Morgan persisted. Christina, I'm your friend. You can trust me. I know it's not you. You have to believe me. I didn't want to jeopardize our friendship in any way, but I knew I couldn't tell her about what was really bothering me. Then tell me what happened, she insisted. Not in here. I hate hanging out in bathrooms. It smells awful. It smelled of stale cigarettes, urine, and mildew. All right, let's go. I skated to a secluded corner of the rolling rink. Morgan followed and waited patiently for me to say something, anything. When I couldn't find my words, she initiated, Christina, I have never seen you like this. You seem so scared and sad all the time. Morgan impressed me with her astute observation. Was it that obvious to everyone? I guess not. Morgan was always keenly perceptive. I should have known better than to go out with her. She and I were even closer than Katie and I. I am sad, sad that I had to break it off with Avery, I finally admitted. I'm so sorry. Why aren't you allowed to date? I don't know. I'm just not. You make my dreams come true, came on. Did something happen between you and Avery that your parents found out about? She cried. I hope other people didn't come to that conclusion. I never even thought of that. Aghast, I jerked backward and crinkled my face. No, nothing like that at all. Then I guess I don't understand. How come you never said you weren't allowed to date before? Because I was never interested in anyone before, so it never came up. At least that part was true. Convinced with my answer, Morgan shook her head and replied empathetically, Oh, man, that's too bad. What about group dates? No, absolutely not. I didn't want to take any chances, not with you-know-who. I already knew what he was capable of. What if we ran into some guys that we knew or met someone like tonight? Nope, that's why I avoided those guys. I really hate this. The lies, the deception. I have no life. Why did he have to take everything away? I started to choke up. How would your parents know? They wouldn't, but I would. And I don't want to deceive them. I knew Morgan would respect my decision to be obedient to my parents because she was even more of a goody two-shoes than I was. Well, you wouldn't believe how pathetic Avery's been. I have never seen him like this. The girls are swooning all around him. He's trying to be polite, but you can tell his heart is broken. I started to cry. Oh, Christina, I'm so sorry. Maybe I shouldn't have said anything, but I am worried. She put her hand on my back as an attempt to comfort me. It's okay. I waved her off. I nodded, but I couldn't manage any more words. My heart ached so deeply. 
when will I be able to start living a normal life? After giving some time to return to equilibrium, she continued, can I ask you a question? I nodded. So what would happen if your parents found out you dated someone? I shook my head. I started to shake, thinking about what that jackalope would do if he found out that I told someone what he had done. Oh, my God, you're shaking. Christina, are you okay? I was hysterical. Okay, okay, calm down. It's okay. You'll be okay. Morgan enfolded me in a comforting hug. I called my dad to come pick us up. The song Celebration by Cool and the Gang filled the room. The music seemed too loud now. Knowing my friends, I couldn't leave. I had to stick it out. Girls didn't have short memories when it came to things like this. I don't need any unnecessary conversations about me, which might lead to future inquiries and the ultimate discovery of the cause of my distress. I had to make the most of it. I refused to let Jackalope win this one. No, I don't. Not yet. I said louder and more fervently than I intended. She took one look at my face and knew I didn't mean to be offensive. I don't want to be a wet blanket on this fun night. I insisted in a softer tone. I tried to control my breathing, needed to pull myself together quickly. I couldn't risk spilling my guts because of all the attention I was getting. A flash of cutting myself passed through my mind. I bit my lip and squeezed my eyes shut. All right, then, just let me know when you're ready to leave, okay? She wrapped her words in a loving tone that used the comfort and stability. I nodded. Do you need to go back to the bathroom? I nodded again and tried to hide my nose leakage. We skated to the bathroom in silence. I washed my face and blew my nose immediately. I looked horrible. My nose was red. My eyes were bloodshot and my eyes were swollen. It was obvious I had been crying. We skated back out and sat in the seats outside of the rink following its perimeter. Eventually, Katie and Amy found us. A new song broke through. The boy from New York City. What's the matter? Katie asked. I gave her an offhand wave. Nothing. I'm fine now, really. I assured them. I wanted to be invisible. Christina, that guy is like 100% mesmerized by you, Amy informed me. Hearing the lyrics describe this tall, fine-looking guy didn't help the matter at hand. He doesn't even know me, I stated in disbelief. I knew I sounded defensive, but I found it very difficult to respond pleasantly. Try telling him that, Amy guffled. You did, Katie asserted to Amy. We all dissolved into laughter. It felt so good to let go a little. Amy, maybe you need to start playing hard to get, Morgan suggested jokingly. Again, the lyrics were taunting me. Cute guys started to skate over. Seriously, this song is killing me. The timing is almost too coincidental. Everything all right? He looked right at me. You okay? I didn't mean to upset you. Wow, he is brave. I was impressed, and he was super cute. Totally my type. Katie didn't exaggerate. Morgan began to say something. No, it's okay, I said, motioning her off while nodding to indicate my gratitude. I should handle this. I figured I should give it a shot. I was feeling stronger and a bit refreshed now. 
I stood up and the boy followed me as we skated onto the rink. I stopped along the edge of the railing at the perimeter. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't even know your name. I started. Kevin. It's Kevin. This was getting ridiculous. As I heard the Manhattan transfer saying, chills were running down my spine. I don't even want to think about kissing. Don't go there. Reluctantly, the song transported me back to Avery, making me feel so fine when his lips were on mine. Snap out of it, Christina. I should be the one to tell you, Kevin, I'm not allowed to date at all. I'm not even supposed to be talking to guys like this. I don't want to lead you on. I don't want you to think that I'm playing hard to get or something because I'm not. I am very flattered yet upset that my friends dragged me out here knowing I can't eat. I don't think they understand what a big deal this is for me and how much I hate it. Look, I, I don't want to waste your time. You seem like a really nice guy and all. My voice diminished. No, it's cool. I get it. Thanks for telling me. We can be friends, right? Sure, I said with a smile. Saying no to that seemed like too much and, frankly, a little crazy. I decided to take that chance. Will this song ever end with its lyrical jabs? Can I have your number? He asked as a last-ditch effort. He was nothing if not persistent and cute. No, I'd be in serious trouble for that. But do you come here most Friday nights? I felt bad, so I tried to make up for it. A lot of them? Then I'll try to come here more often. In the meantime, maybe my parents will get cooler and change their minds. I'm getting too good at lying. I started to feel sick in my stomach from being deceitful. But I quickly argued that it was the right thing to do. Kevin skated away and Morgan gracefully skated toward me. I'm so over the boy from New York City. What was that all about? Morgan asked. Another one bites the dust, began to entertain us. Just explaining myself, I replied, smuggling. Boy, you're good. Too much practice as of late, I have heard, sadly. Guess so, she sounded impressed. A few minutes later, Katie and Amy skated toward me. What in the world did you say to him? Katie asked. How apropos is this song? Too funny. I told him the truth, that's all, I answered. Not really, but it will have to do. He said you were really great about it. Very cool were his exact words, Katie informed me. He said it was the nicest letdown he had ever heard, and I don't think he's been turned down much, if at all. What in the world did you say, Amy requested. With a demure smile and a wink, I teased, I can't give you guys all my secrets. I enjoyed being lighthearted for a change as life had been so agonizing. We all chuckled and ended the evening on a happier and brighter note, the way it used to be before the unmentionable. Upon reflection a little later that evening, I laid in bed feeling spent and somewhat normal, like a regular teenager. I assumed it was due to all the drama, even though I was an emotional wreck at the rank. It was worth it to go in the end. My friends help me more than they will ever truly know. The tune, I'm so excited, by the Pointer Sisters, ran through my head as I dove off into a rare but much-needed peaceful slumber. You're the one I love. It's your dying love for me. There's no one else.
And that was Maria T. Hendrickson reading a sample chapter from her debut novel, Not Again. You also got a little snippet there from Sandy Jorgensen, who sang the song, You're the One I Love, that was written by Maria. Hey, make sure that you click the links in the show notes for Maria, for her website, follow her on social media, and of course, all of our sponsors and friends are listed in there as well. But also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, so you don't miss out next week when we come back with an all-new author, a new book, and a new sample chapter. Take care, everybody. We're going to talk to you again real, real soon. You're the one I love. It's your entire love for me. There's no one else but you.